0: Welcome once again to J Root Radio. My name is Eliezer Gruber, a certified nutritionist with office in the Heart of Borough Park at 4315 14th Avenue in Yerushalayim. For our first-time listeners, I'm the developer of the Nutri Supreme Research and Education Center, again located in the Heart of Borough Park. I see my vision and my mission in developing the Nutri Supreme Research and Education Center was just that, to educate to educate and bring a very crystal clear, and I mean crystal clear because there's so much fog out there, awareness to the public as to the value, the benefits of how healthy lifestyle habits, such as optimal nutrition, what is called optimal nutrition, from all ages, Nutri Supreme Research and Education Center, whether it's preconception, prenatal care, the right formulas, the right design, the right programs. What they should be taking, Bez Hashem, healthy babies for infants, for children, for adolescents, for young adults, middle-aged adults, as well as the precious seniors. And how a structured exercise program can have such a wealth, such such benefits, and proper sleeping habits, stress management, reducing exposure to the environmental toxins, which is massive today. These five pillars, five pillars, again... Optimal nutrition, an exercise, structured exercise program, proper sleeping habits, quality, quantity in sleep, stress management. Today, America, we all know the last several generations, Americans are stressed out. We live in a stress generation for various reasons. So stress management is very, very, very important. And the reducing exposures, we've never had over 80,000 chemicals in the environment. So whether it's in chemicals in our food, our water, air, the household cleansers, how do we know the FDA needs to be more proactive? We need to start writing on labels, the industry, is any toxic ingredients in these so-called household cleansers, in the cosmetics, the cosmetics that the women are wearing, the plastics, and so many other places, it can have such a negative effect if we don't be careful and minimize better, or better to avoid avoid the exposures of these so-called toxic chemicals. So again, the five pillars to reiterate: optimal nutrition, instruction, exercise program, proper sleep, stress management, reduction of reduction of inter- environmental toxins. Again, can be so crucial, so crucial for in order to have vibrant, to have optimal health and wellness whether it's in our brain, whether it's emotionally, we'll see a connection between body and brain, emotionally and physically. The brain, so many millions, billions of brain cells, of neurons, newer transmitters will be the topic of today's show. The immune system, so many three things can go wrong with the immune system. We don't Our immune systems today in the United States are far from being balanced. The endocrine system, the field of endocrinology, our hormonal balance, Far from being balanced, hormonal balance today. Our digestive system, our digestive system, the window of health. Every neurotransmitter, I once heard from a Harvard doctor at a seminar, every newer transmitter is in the brain, is in the digestive system. The ongoing communication, the ongoing communication between the digest, digest, digestive system and the brain. So it's vital, and we see today, I see as a nutritionist, so many cases of poor digestion, whether it's IBS, IBD, or just poor digestion, malabsorption. It's so, so common today. And in truth, every single part of the body, not just the brain, not just the endocrine system, not the immune system, not the digestive system, those are the main focus, my main focus, but every part of our body whether it's osteoarthritis, whether it's our knees, whether it's our cartilage, we all need to address underlying factors, and we all desire such vitality, energy, vibrant health. We want both physically and emotionally. And in order to complete my mission, my vision and my mission, I had about 12, 13 years ago with the advice of a big Rebbe in Israel. To bring to birth the which should be born the Nutri-Supreme Research Vitamin Company, built on science, science-based formulations. We will not in any form or fashion, doesn't matter the price, compromise on quality. That will not price will not go into a designing a formula. As well as where we source the ingredients around the world, it has to be Based on 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 science and quality, very strong strong quality control. In fact, a woman called my office several times, and she certain things she needs hormonally. NutriSupreme Supreme Research does not have this product, so I said to her, "Let me do a little bit a little bit research." There's only one place in the world. I said I had my secretary communicate with her there's only one place in the world one company in the world that i would feel comfortable with the, the ingredient that she needs for hormonal balance so i had my secretary called the company it's a european company they're like the number one number two there's about two or three that are like the lexus of the of the herbal companies and find out from the manufacturer of this particular raw material that I feel this woman needs that NutriSupreme Supreme cannot supply her. Give us a few names of companies that use your material, so now we can relate. Now we can we can communicate with this woman where what companies she should buy from in order to get this material. Again, it was only one manufacturing of this of company of this raw material that I felt comfortable recommending. So quality is a very, very important. There's so many things out there on the market that are price-driven. Price-driven has, has to, has to reduce the quality of the, of the ingredient or the product. And it's interesting because I'm, we're getting more and more phone calls from doctors, from doctors who want to me to be their so-called in-between person for manufacturing products, because we have such a name, the Nutra supreme Research Vitamin Company. We will not compromise in any form of fashion, whether it's a cardiologist, an ophthalmologist, or a psychiatrist. This is gives me a lot of chizik, tremendous chizik to know that it that it has drawn the attention of the medical field. So again, so important to uh, these five crucial pillars, so so important. Today's show, I'm gonna discuss a topic. There is a very hot debate, and I don't mean the weather outside. By the way, it's very hot today. Everybody should be well hydrated, not to be dehydrated, get dehydrated. Make sure you drink a lot. This topic is a very, very hot debate among scientists, researchers, psychiatrists, psychologists, as well as other healthcare professionals. Depression. Depression, what is depression? what causes depression? who's at risk for depression, what people should do for their depression, medications that they should take, the efficacy of antidepressant medication and, and their role in dealing with ma- with major depressive disorders. So let me first address what is depression. Let me and what and I would like to go on after what is the the theory of that has been since the 60s 60s and 70s and then became like a like a major marketing i don't want to say scheme but a marketing from the pharmaceutical companies in the 80s the underlying theory of why people so many americans are getting depressed all of us every one of us experience the normal up and downs of life no one can go In this elevated mood, if we could address the Chofetz Chaim, the G'dayli Hadorah from the Chofetz Chaim, and he could tell us, you know, that he has worked on himself so long to be able not to have these down moods, but most everybody today, if not everybody, all experience the up and downs of life. We all have times where we experience the so-called blues, there is no question, no question whatsoever that sadness or low moods are part of normal a normal reaction to one's life struggles. Every one of us has life struggles. We all have setbacks. We all have disappointments. Obviously, though, we want to stay, all of us want to stay above water and not to go below water so we all experience the problem is that there are so many people millions of people even if they are not they are not diagnosed properly according to the dsm 4 they are not diagnosed properly by the proper healthcare professional let's say a psychiatrist that's who really should be prescribing the medication there is such an overuse and such over overprescribed today to so many people, again, who really do not meet or not diagnose properly according to the dsm 4 There has been such an inst- astounding, literally, from all researchers, scientists, Harvard, Harvard researchers, increase in antidepressant, antidepressant medications in the use by Amer- the American population. Over 20 years ago, I remember I remember sitting in an office. I remember, I don't know which magazine, if it was Time Magazine, I forgot which magazine. The front cover, Prozac. The magic bullet. The magic bullet over 20 years ago, some plus minus, when Prozac was introduced into the market. An antidepressant with limited side effects, that's what was claimed. Became a miracle drug, the so-called magic happy pill, the elixir of life, and people did really again did not meet. Basically, they were not really they didn't meet. They were not evaluated properly, and the and met the DSM four diagnosis criteria for depression. Were running to their physicians. Like wildfire, running to the physicians, not to psychiatrists, to internists, people that were not, they're not were not educated in the field, in the pharmacological effect, and the side effects of this effect, or what really is classified according to our standards for real, let's say, depression, major dep- depression. We're prescribing Prozac, the wonder pill. This hit the market so so strongly and the pharmaceutical industry took such advantage of it it was people's life dream a dream of happiness and not just people that were depressed people a little blue felt not a little in the workplace a stressed and you know had their ups and downs what can I do? I don't want to go through this anymore. But they're not really class. They're not really the diagnosis, or they weren't diagnosed. But they were running to their physician to prescribe them and to a an antidepressant called Prozac. Now, if they would have gone to a psychiatrist and been properly evaluated, and in some of these, it's not really a lot of times the physician's fault. The population was demanding the physician to write a prescription for Prozac. Even if their copay, even if they couldn't, if their insurance company would not pay for it, they wanted this drug. It was marketed very, very strongly as this so-called happy drug. And then, after became after the drug was introduced into the market later on, we have other SSRI medications for depression, such as Zoloft, Paxil, Lexapro. And then we have the so-called SNRIs that also address not just serotonin, which is a newer transmitter, a newer transmitter called norepinephrine, came to the market, Effexor, Cymbalta, And then we had the other, the more older uh, tricyclic medications, antidepressant medications, such as Sinequam, Pamilar, I believe it's called Elevil. So, the whole industry, the whole the pharmaceutical giants, took advantage, and then we scientists were looking: what is the determining factor, or what is the underlying, the foundation, what is causing this depression? And sometimes psychiatrists. When one medication would not work, they would go to a second medication, and sometimes that second medication would be from a different class, as I mentioned a few classes of medications. And sometimes it wasn't enough, even a, a second antidepressant. Sometimes we had to go on to, psychiatrists had to go on to mood stabilizers, like lithium and Depakote, or sometimes even antipsychotic medications like Seroquel, Abilify. According to the federal government, the United States federal government, one in every ten Americans are taking an antidepressant, if not more, massive. Between the years of 2005 and 2008, antidepressants were the third most common prescribed medication taken by the American population. When the FDA... The Federal Drug Administration approved Paxil to treat social phobias, which has increased today. How many people, the American population, are diagnosed or have an issue with social phobias? Now, sales began to skyrocket, become more and more from different, whether it's your depression, whether it's your social phobias, your anxiety, your general anxiety disorders, uh, your obsessive-compulsive disorders, substance abu- abuse, which is really growing today. Rachmaninoff, let people on very, very strong, hard drugs, chronic pain, shyness, just to feel better. I don't feel, I want to feel better than I feel. It could be well, but I want to feel better. How can I feel better? Maybe it's going to the doctor and having him write a prescription for one of the SSRIs or different class of medication of antidepressant medication. It became like a normal way of life for a lot of people. Even ago again, they didn't really meet the criteria. They didn't really meet as if they would have had a proper evaluation and diagnosis. They wouldn't have been a candidate really for the medication. So it became a very, very, like the market just leaps and bounds more and more prescriptions into the pharmaceutical that have been scribed and prescribing these medications. People's mindset became, by taking Zoloft, one of the other medications, and now I can work better, I'll be able to accomplish more. I'll be able to feel better in the working place I'll be able to work long hours longer hours the workaholics the type A personalities the stress personalities the ones that are under a lot of stress and deadlines they were reaching for or, or, or communicating with them, with their physicians maybe it's worthwhile maybe I won't get upset this and that maybe I should take these medications so the market was was very heavily it was heavily marketed these medications and so-called. So now we can understand why this medication alone is a multi-billion dollar industry. Several years ago, it was published and suggested that psychiatry today is currently experiencing a crisis of confidence a psychologist from Harvard Medical School has been su- studying the placebo effect. Most of our listeners know what a placebo is. In a- any controlled, randomized controlled placebo study, you take the active, you take the man over here, we're talking about antidepressants, you're taking the medication, you give certain amount of people the medication, and they don't know who's getting the medication. The doctors don't know. The patients don't know. It's a controlled. It's a controlled in a controlled environment, randomized controlled placebo study. So, one of the psychologists from Harvard said, who's been studying the placebo response which is just a sugar pill, for more than three decades, he responded that he said that published that depressed patients may be getting prime may be getting better primary, primary primarily because of a placebo effect not because of the medication itself so this brought about a lot of skepticism in the whole field of the medications the message that i'm giving to our listeners however is medications have a role obviously the pharmaceutical industry there's a role and it can be and they play and there's a value to the pharmaceutical industry a person before they start taking medication, they need a proper evaluation by somebody who is an expert in the field. Which over here we're talking either a psychiatrist or a psychopharmacologist who has a little more training in the pharmaceutical and the in the in the pharmaceutical and the effect of the drugs over here in the brain. So you need a very very well a very um, uh, an evaluation by a top professional, again, a psychiatrist or a psychopharmacologist. Now, this psychologist from Harvard understood that the antidepressant efficacy, the trials that have been going on, have to remember have been conducted almost exclusively by the pharmaceutical industry. So there's a little bit of a, not just a little bit, there's a shokhat over here. The pharmaceutical industry is wh- who are the ones that are conducting the trials. Whether the medication now is going to be approved by the Federal Drug Administration, the FDA. The medical pro- professions the profession has literally been programmed that regarding depression, there is a biological reason why people get depressed. You can't say you're weak, and you're just, you're not strong. That's not the way it's been suggested. There is a biological happening, reason why people, it's not they're just succumbing to their sadness, they can't overcome their sadness, they're not, they're not strong enough to overcome this. No. There is a biological reason why they are getting depressed. If a person is a diabetic... And a person, let's say diabetes type 1, that's an autoimmune disease that affects the younger population more. Where there is no insulin, not diabetes type 2, I'm talking about diabetes type 1. An autoimmune disease where the pancreas cells are not secreting insulin. The immune system is attacking, has been attacking the pancreas. Where there is no insulin now being secreted from the pancreas. So what do you give such a person? You give them insulin. You give them a hormone. The same exact model is what has been suggested in the theory that we have been programmed to, that just like the diabetic, diabetes type 1 needs to take insulin, The person with depression needs to take a a medication that increases serotonin levels in the brain. It's like a diabetes so-called of the brain. This has been going on and on since even before Prozac came out. This so-called happy pill, bringing people out of the closet, that were, didn't want a stigma, they didn't want to admit their, their, whether their, their depression, their phobias, their OCDs, their anxiety disorders, bringing them out of the closet. Now there is a biological reason why they are getting depressed, just like the diabetic. So, This is what's been presented over and over again from the the pharmaceutical industry. Now, this so-called serotonin, depression, serotonin theory is a problem. Why? Because if the whole reason is that the reason a person is depressed because they have low amounts of serotonin. First of all, it's very difficult to measure serotonin in the brain. And because they respond to a medication, is it because of placebo, like I mentioned before? There is a difference, but it's not such a big difference between the placebo and and a real person who responds to the, taking the medication. So... We can't, it's very difficult again to evaluate. What's it? Is it because of low serotonin? Is this why the person is? So that means there's a chemical imbalance. There is a chemical imbalance in the brain that we, everybody, you know, this word has become like, 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 you know, like the top words used today in today's society chemical imbalance. So that means so many of the population have a chemical imbalance. It reminds me of like, not, I mean, the big difference between the two. That you have a lot of mothers today giving melatonin for the kids who can't go to sleep. They're up and jumping up and down the bed, give them melatonin. What does that mean? There's a chemical imbalance. There's too low of melatonin levels in the body and the blood system. The pineal gland in the middle of the brain is not ex- secreting melatonin or very low amounts of melatonin. Give melatonin to replenish the melatonin that should be in the blood system. Is that the way? And that's why the children now are falling to sleep? No. I guarantee you, if I right now at 1230 in the afternoon, Eastern time, would take three or five or six milligrams of melatonin within an hour, I'm going to want to go to sleep. Do I have a deficiency of melatonin? No, I don't have a deficient of melatonin. I'm using like a drug. And it does put people to sleep. Most people, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people. So, is the reason people are depressed because they have a low level of serotonin? It's a very superficial way to look at it. Is a person have a headache because they don't have enough aspirin? And by a lack of aspirin, that causes it? Again, not exactly this, the, the muscle over here. The antidepressants medications are not in any form or fashion, again, a proof that depression is caused by a lack of serotonin. As it turns out, over the past couple decades, neuroscientists in different parts of the world have had, the difficult, have had difficulty in supporting the whole core, the core of the theory that serotonin is low in depressed people. The million-dollar question is, what is at the root of the problem of depression? The serotonin theory of depression, among a lot of neuroscientists, among a lot of researchers, is collapsing. Yes, it's collapsing. There was a published in a journal... I'm not sure if it was the New England Journal of Medicine. I have to remember, get the journal that it was published in. There's evidence that actually we can find in certain studies, I think it was the New England Journal of Medicine, increased serotonin levels in depressed people. Now, we just said the serotonin theory, that model is low serotonin. So how can it be increased serotonin in truth if we're looking at just serotonin, if we're not looking at the whole body, if we're not looking at besides the brain chemistry, if we're not looking at looking at the immune system, the endocrine system, the digestive system, a whole web-like model, then we are totally looking at things very shitly. We are looking at it very very superficial. Americans like to look at things superficial. Gold-plated when it came into the American society. It's not real gold. It's gold-plated. We look at things very superficial. One of the missions, the visions, the missions of the Nutri-Supreme Education and Nutrition Center was to exactly address this issue. Let's don't look at things superficial. Let's look at things with a teichen behind in it. Let's look at underlying factors that are causing whether it's depression or any disease. We did a series on Alzheimer's disease. doesn't matter, Alzheimer's, cardiovascular, ADD, ADHD. It doesn't matter what the problem, diabetes, doesn't really matter what the problem is. Let's don't be superficial. And if we look at a prescription pad disease model, we are looking at things very superficial. I should really repeat this every week because it, it's... I feel it needs to get in. We need to hear it over and over and over again. The prescription pad model might, in certain instances, save people's life. I'm not negating that. There is a value. I once sent somebody to a doctor, and I told him to take medication for high blood pressure, at least because he had an acute, a, such an acute episode of high blood pressure, at least to stabilize him, but that's not the answer long term. In acute cases, yes. But let's evaluate, let's get into underlying factors why things are happening in our bodies. The web-like model looking at all body parts, not one body part. Don't look at things through one lens of glass. That's a problem. You have you have specialties, specialties in medicine. You have cardiologists, you have gastroenterologists, you have endocrinologists, you have oncologists, you have rheumatologists, you have so many fields of medicine out there. You have podiatrists, podiatrists look at feet and look at circulatory and the legs and this and that. Why don't we look at... The whole body, but each one is looking in through their own lens of glass. It has to be a whole body. It's a whole body connection. A systemic, not not isolated, systemic. It's crucial. And if we don't look at systemic, if we don't look at whole body, then we are missing, totally missing the boat. It comes out now, new pandas. Pandas, a newer psychiatric problem, an autoimmune pandas, because from strep, we're looking at things. OK, we have to address it. But all of a sudden, you know, we can't just look through one lens, OK, what is he missing? the antibodies and give him antibiotics now the symptoms of OCD are going to or, or Tourette is going to start to decrease. Okay, maybe. But we don't stop there. Again, if we do stop there, we're looking at it superficial. Serotonin is one neurotransmitter. What about norepinephrine, which I mentioned a class of medications that deal with norepinephrine? What about dopamine? Dopamine is your add neurotransmitter and your Parkinson's neurotransmitter. And what about the synaptic cleft between the brain cells? What about genetics? What about hormones? What about the stress hormones? What about cortisol? Cortisol level, the adrenal function, that in itself can cause depression. Somebody is under chronic, acute stress chronically. It can trigger anxiety disorders and can trigger depression. It has an effect on brain chemistry. So we have to look at cortisol levels, we have to look at adrenal function, uh, stress hormones. So again, olive base. You don't need to be a nutritionist, you don't need to be in the medical field. It's olive base. anybody to understand. You can address one neurotransmitter and say the whole one in ten people who are taking antidepressants in this po- in the American population has a deficit of serotonin. That's the whole story. The story is finished there. Prescription for. For an antidepressant, and that's, gonna, that's like your insulin for your diabetic, that's such a superficial way to look at it. And there are so many people, there's such a large percentage, that don't respond to it. So if the theory was depression was caused only by a low serotonin, then why wouldn't you have a much better response to antidepressants than we do? And why is the placebo effect so high? And why is there only a modest difference between the actual medication and the placebo? And why is it? Let's imagine somebody walking down the street, somebody walking down Ocean Parkway, and they're singing, and they everything is fine, and life is great, and Baruch Hashem, they meet their friend, and everything is great, and we just had this wonderful simcha, and my children are doing great, they just went off to camp, and everybody's doing well, and we hope to go on vacation in the month in August after Tisha B'Av, whenever... And all of a sudden, something happens, and they become down. They become lethargic, starts interfering with their life. Something happened, something triggered, whether an episode, something happened that caused them to cycle, to go into a major depression disorder. So it's all a chemical balance. It's all because of low serotonin. In the '70s, I remember in the '70s, Valium. Person was anxious, anxiety. Have to worry about anxiety and, and the whole stress response and 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 cardiovascular disease. Anxiety was advertised. This Valium, Valium is for treating chronic anxiety, is causing to to basically decrease. The symptoms of anxiety from emotional distress. How many people were going to their doctors and medication after medication? How many people did a Clonopin? So many prescriptions of Clonopin today. Now, I'm not saying a person doesn't need Clonopin. Not, that's not for me to say. I'm only a nutritionist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a medical doctor. And I don't, I don't overstep my boundaries. But how can we look at things so, so superficially? Depression has to be much more than one newer transmitter. It has to be, I would say, multifactorial. There's Again, we want to look at a whole web-like model from different body systems. Scientists, psychiatrists, psychologists, other health practitioners, researchers, you know what they're linking depression to today? Not serotonin to brain inflammation. We know there is an inflammation going on in cardiovascular disease. We know there's inflammation going in diabetes. We know in Alzheimer's disease is inflammatory processes going on. They research has been linking inflammation to depression. Severe stress, chronic stress, adverse life events, unhealth, unhealthy lifestyle habits, which is major today. That's the whole reason. The J. Root Radio, healthy living, that's the whole reason I come to educate you. The role of lifestyle habits and its role in inflammation and the chronic diseases of today. But these factors have an effect, they prompt, really prompt, neurobiological processes that physically really alter our brains. Yes, our brain. If you take somebody under chronic stress that has high cortisol levels for long periods of time, it's altering the brain. It can be changing the makeup of the brain. Individuals with inflammatory illnesses such as autoimmune diseases, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer, and other major inflammatory disease, a lot of them experience major depression. So you're going to say, well, maybe it's because of the disease, because they can't can't perform like they used to. But it's clear in the data that inflammation can have a role in depression. The body, and what is the mechanism of action? I'm always looking for the root, the mechanism of action. Okay, inflammatory. It's a generic word, inflammation. American. One word to describe the American population is inflammation. During an inflammatory episode the body releases cytokines. These are small, they're very small cell signaling protein molecules which affect the body causes inflammation, acute phase acute inflammation. It raises levels of CRP which can be associated, which is associated with a range of depressive symptoms. In October of 2013 it was published in the journal Brain Brain Behavior Immunity that women whose diet included more foods such as sugar, sweetened or diet soft, yeah, even diet soft drinks, refined grains, red meat and margarine and ate f- few foods that restrained the inflammation that put the harness on inflammation like the rainbow color of vegetables, the olive oil The healthy fats and the protein, the so-called Mediterranean, which we've spoken about, had up to 41% greater risk of becoming diagnosed with depression. The link between nutrition and depression is there. 41% greater risk. And what about the omega-3 fatty acids, DHA, which is a part of the structure, the brain is 60% fat, 30-40% is DHA, it's part of the structure, but the EPA, other omega-3 fatty acid, EPA, it's not the structure, it Doesn't it's not in the structure in the body. But it's in, it's a, it has an effect on hormone. Hormonal it has effect on inflammation. And if our diets are flooded with all the omega-3, sixes, the corn, the sunflower, the safflower, the soybean oil, the canola oil, that, and we don't get enough omega-3. And if we do get omega-3, if we have this imbalance that sets up a model for a, a diagnosis, can, or at risk for major depression, my interview with dr joseph hiblin the world renowned expert at the national institute of health in Bethesda Maryland he over he's one of the world renowned experts in omega 3 fatty acids and he told me in 2015 stay tuned we'll come out with the new dietary guidelines for 2015 from the united states government for the need for the omega 3 what is needed for the for the new guidelines and he mentioned to me, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, Nutri-Supreme Research, vitamin company, Siat Dideshmaya, was on target. And I asked Dr. Hibblin, what form of omega-3? There's a lot of omega-3s on the market. Dr. Hibblin, what form of omega-3 is the best for depression? His response to me, is, the high EPA, not the DHA, is structure. That's right. DHA is structure. Prenatal, we spoke about DHA's role in prenatal care. In infancy, the first, tri- the third trimester, first couple years of life. And in, regarding Alzheimer's, we spoke about DHA. In depression, EPA. EPA, Baruch Hashem Nutri Supreme, has a product called, called Mood Booster, Omega-3 Mood Booster. Again, we're not coming here to treat, diagnose, treat, Just to promote healthy mood. Healthy moods would be great, you know what I mean? If we could just be normal and promote healthy mood. There's no diagnosis over here. There's no treatment over here. It's an essential fatty acid, but what ratio, what do we want? You want a higher EPA. That's what you were looking to get, better response, according to Dr. Human. what about folate? what about folate the homocysteine folate connection in depression it's 40 to 50% of the population has a mutation a homozygous mutation in the mthfr gene which compromises the activity of the enzyme that needs to shuttle to metabolize folic acid in fact there's on the market there was a study mass general in boston It's a pharmaceutical company. It's on the market for people that that are resistant to antidepressant. Together with folate, with this form of folate, L-methylfolate, showed better results. And if there's people, if there's a large segment that have this mutation or close to half of the population, that means they're not processing, they're not metabolizing folic acid well. The way to find out, tests for homocysteine. That's a biomarker that can shed light on what your folic acid status is and your as well as your B12. Oxidative stress, NAC, and acetylcysteine. N-acetylcysteine has been shown Burke, Dr. Burke a while ago in bipolar disorder, showed NAC, NAC, oxidative stress. There's a lot of things I've said before. Multifactorial. We can't look at one neurotransmitter serotonin. NAC has been studied in depression. And there's a lot of oxidative stress and inflammation go hand in hand. Yes, inflammation, oxi- oxidative stress go hand in hand in this in this model of depression. And it's because of our lifestyle habits, the wrong eating. And it's because we're not exercising. Exercising, the endorphins. You want people out there, social phobias, depression, anxiety disorders, get out and start moving. Exercise. Crucial. What about sleep? How many, ask all, I would like all of our listeners. I wish I could take 100 phone calls and ask the 100 phone calls that I get from you, what, how many hours of sleep do you, go to, do you get at night? What time do you go to sleep and what time do you wake up? And even if you're getting eight hours, if you're going to bed at 2 o'clock and get up at 10, or you're going to bed at 1 o'clock and get up at 9, go to sleep early. The invention of light, obviously there was a, there's a toelis. There's a benefit, but people stay up and up and up and up. Somebody just told me yesterday, him and his wife are night people. They don't go to sleep before 1 or 2 in the morning. That does not promote optimal health and wellness. It does not promote a healthy brain. So maybe you'll get by the day. Maybe you'll have to drink ten cups of coffee, maybe. But we want healthy brain. We don't want a broken brain. We don't want a look at one neurotransmitter, serotonin. Again, and what about stress? We've spoken about stress response, nutrition. We have a CD if anybody interested on stress. A very, very lots of wealth of information. I see people that come to me, just give them an omega-3 and nature's calm. What, what, what results, what response? Mentioned on the show, I go up to to uh, to the traffic light on Fourteenth Avenue and Forty Third, and 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 give the if they stop at the red light, give them omega three, give them like a tablespoon of omega three, and give them and give them a cup with 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 water they and, na- and nature's calm, and tell them to drive around Borough Park for thirty minutes, and come back to the traffic light at Forty Three and Fourteenth Avenue, and I would bet you there's less horn blowing, and people would be more moushiv, people would would have better feelings about themselves and the whole world. The stress response we've spoken about. The bottom, mess line, of me- again, the bottom line message is over here. It's, a f- it's, crumb- it's coming, falling down, crumbling down. The serotonin theory of depression. We need to look at, again, multifactorial. We need to look at a web form type of model. Look at bi- different body symptoms, systems and not look at one body system. It's so crucial if we want to have our children our children our family members we want to have a healthy brain a healthy healthy brain we can't overlook what i've mentioned we'd like to take a couple minutes maybe have a, for a couple phone calls if you like to call in a question 718-683-5858 or you can text 347-927-8398 i'll be back just in a minute Ovation. I'm a little bit Welcome back to J.R.U. Radio, Healthy Living. We're going to take one phone call. The time is getting late. Hello? Hello? Yeah, hi.
1: Speaking to me, hi. Okay, thanks so much. I really wanted to call you um, to your office, but I'm glad I could speak to you now. Um, Okay, I was calling about my mother-in-law. My mother, I'm sorry, who's uh, Baruch Hashem in her upper 80s. She's a survivor. She went through a lot. And um, right now, uh, she went through, uh, she had recently, she had pneumonia. She was hospitalized. And uh, she went through a difficult time. Um she's very poor sleep, very she very she really does not sleep well. Um she hasn't been sleeping well and she has a lot of anxiety. <clears throat> Is there something uh, the doctor recommended Seracil to help sleep. They tried other things and it's just not helping. She really just could stay up a whole night without sleeping at all. Like for three days and the third night she would be, you know, she would Finally, fall asleep. Um, is there anything you could recommend? It bothers me, but they, you know, they said we have to get her to go to sleep a little bit.
0: I mean, sleeping is crucial for her. How, can yeah, know, how, how yeah. old is she? Can I know her she? Uh, she's kind of, uh, about
1: eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Uh, yeah. If you would like, uh, if
0: you like, if you are you in the Borough Park area?
1: I'm in Flatbush.
0: Right. I would be more than happy to give you, uh, for your mother, a sample. Nutri Supreme has a product called Sure Sleep there's three ingredients in it one ingredient I'm sure you were aware, aware, aware of melatonin and mm-hmm. you also have valerian root and you have L-theanine L-theanine helps with certain wave in, waves in the uh, the alpha wave in the sleep in the sleep cycle and we know melatonin in which in the you're already that population uh, could be of, 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 of a lot of value and I've a lot of people are very very happy with input to the sleep um if you if your mother is on medication though I would like to you can email me I'll give you the email at the end of the show the, the medication she's on but mm-hmm. uh, but I would be more than happy to give you a sample before you invest anything to buy it
1: mhm I really appreciate it very much
0: okay okay, okay thank Fine. you, thank, okay. you so, thank you so okay. much all right call right. to before I give out the numbers the time has come to we've completed now uh there will be a special event Uh, at Congregation Ohel Ohel Simcha, it's located at 295 Park Avenue, again, 295 Park Avenue, that's Ohel Simcha, it's in Elberon, New Jersey, that's by Deal, New Jersey, Elberon, New Jersey, it will be Tuesday, July the 22nd, again, Tuesday, July the 22nd, Congregation Ohel Simcha, Tuesday, 730, 295 Park Avenue. It will be a special event, and I will be discussing groundbreaking, groundbreaking new research on the role of inflammation in depression weight as far as the obesity epidemic and Alzheimer's disease as well as cardiovascular and how nutrition plays a role, a critical role, not just a role, a critical role in keeping inflammation in check, potentially alleviating depression. Again, this is a, an event that everybody should you, know, you have a lot of information. I would really like questions and invite questions at this event. We will go into this mechanism of inflammation and in, in Alzheimer's and other chronic diseases. And also at the event event since it will be coming towards the, well middle into the summer, we will discuss how to prepare children, including those with attention deficit hyperactivity for the upcoming school year. Uh, please don't miss this exciting event, which can have a huge, really a huge impact on your family's health. Again, just the, 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 it should be July the 22nd, Tuesday at 7, 7 p.m. Uh, I would like to get up the numbers now for the Nutri-Supreme Research and Education Center located at 4315 4, 43 14th Avenue in Borough Park. The 800 number is 888-68-NUTRI. The local number is 718 Our website is www.nutrisupreme.com. If you would like to email me, egruber at nutrisupreme.com. Wishing all of you a wonderful Shabbos.